All right. And we are live, guys. We are back. Welcome to Rankable Episode 53. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. And today we've got a special episode. Today's topic is going to be product management mindset for success. And as always, we have a special guest that's joining us today. Um, she, I've met her on LinkedIn. I've been a fan of her thought leadership content for quite some time. This is actually my first time meeting her, so I'm super excited. But you may recognize her from events like SMX, PubCon, Digital Summit, and even TEDx. So she spent 12 years architect, uh, 12 years architect and delivering holistic data informed strategies around digital search. So, you know, think about principles like technical SEO, e-commerce optimization, UX strategy and consumer journey analysis. She's worked with brands like Mashable, PC Mag, Ford Motor Company, Kimberly Clark and Mars Corporation, just to name a few. And currently she's the product manager for the digital news platform team at CNN. I'd like to introduce our special guest, Upazna Gautam. How are you, Queen? Hi, doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm like, that's a damn, that's a good, I want an intro, man. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what am I supposed to say after an interview like that? <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Queen. Like I really was looking forward to it. Thank you for always being supportive on LinkedIn. You're just a great person. I'm glad you're here today. Like right back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so for those listening, guys, so you might be thinking, man, this is a sharp left from what we usually talk about, right? But we're going to talk about product management. And for people who are not familiar with product management, let me just give you the quick wiki, wiki definition, right? So, product management is an organizational function within a company dealing with new product development, business justification, planning, verification, forecasting, pricing, product launch, marketing, you name it. Basically, all the product, all the product stages of the product life cycle is what a product management or product manager oversees right so before we even go into that i would love to hear your story your story and how you got into the industry so i've heard it on Suds and search but for anybody who's not listening could you kind of walk us through how you got into the industry and, and kind of where you are today yeah absolutely it's been it's been a hell of a journey and a fun <laughs> and exciting and sometimes stressful one um yeah. so uh i I guess I'll start from like my SEO analytics days. I, I worked in that industry for about 10, 11, 12 years. Um, I, I started uh, really in the analytics side, then transitioned into like technical SEO, working specifically on um, a lot of consumer brands um, yeah. like CPG and e-commerce type of brands. Um, and then from there, while I was uh, still working in SEO, moved to like the publisher and news side. Um, of, of the industry, which I absolutely fell in love with. Um, yeah. And I was able to lead some pretty awesome uh, replatforming and architecting projects on uh, PC Mag was my primary one. And then um, also Mashable, which were under the same company, Zip Davis, which I worked for for um, three years. And then um, from there, I was getting kind of... Uh, hungry for something else. Uh, you know, it had been over a decade of me and uh, working in, in this field and I enjoyed it, but I was getting a little bored. I, I, I knew there was, yeah. some, there was something else I wanted to do, but I didn't know what that was. I had no idea. I, yeah. I started having conversations with a couple of mentors of mine and friends and, um, uh, you know, I uh, one thing like the conversation um, with two of them even led to independently two people that I like highly respect about saying product. You should you should look into product management. And then okay, and I didn't even know what the hell product management really was. <laughs> it was like this very unattainable, mysterious career to me. I was yeah. like, how do people even get? 
to that point to become a product manager. Sure. I'm like, it seems like that ship has sailed for me. I don't have an MBA. I don't have like an Ivy League degree. Like it's a highly competitive and saturated um, right. uh, uh, a role. And, you know, I'm coming in as like someone who doesn't have the on paper qualifications mm -hmm. of a product manager. And then one day uh, when I was uh, wrapping up a meeting, one of our stakeholders on the project I was working on at Ziff Davis messaged me and said, have you ever considered a career in product management before? And again, this was at a time when I was like in that transition of looking for what the next thing is. People have already been planting the seed of product management in my ear. Yeah. And so the VP of product um, for Mashable actually was the one who, you know, piqued that curiosity in me and he slapped that to me. And I was like, uh, no, I haven't considered it because I don't even know what they really do. And wow. I reply, and then he replied to me saying, you're already doing most of it. And so that's, it. that's really what set me into this path of like, okay, I, I really need to look here. I've had three people yeah. now who I really highly uh, respect as mentors and friends and leaders and in their own capacities. Yeah. All three of them said product management to me. I need to take this seriously and and yeah. and, and look at what this means. Um, yeah. And long story short, that same stakeholder um, yeah. went to go work at CNN as the, our vice president of product at CNN and he called me three months later and asked if I would come work on his team as wow. a product manager. And it was literally that I, wow. I, I was like, I got it. Like at that time I was like, holy shit, am I really just getting handed this job? <laughs> CNN as a product manager, like this is crazy. But there were a lot of things and a lot of work um, that led up to that, that Someone saw something in me. He saw something in me, yeah. my, my now boss, that I didn't know I had. Um, mm -hmm. But that's what product management is all about. It's like these very, um, it, it's, it's like a set of qualities as opposed to just hard skills and technical yeah. skills that make a great product manager. And one thing I always say is, um, you know, being in this position now for like almost two and a half years, um, anyone can become a product manager because you because people who go into product management come from all places they come from exactly. SEO, they come from analytics we have journalists who have come and become product managers and of course traditionally we see engineers yeah. and ux folks um and product designers move into product management but it's it's the, that landscape is really changing mm -hmm. um, where it's less on the business and like the like and, and also of course like the MBAs are, are also yeah. common transition into into product. But mm -hmm. um yeah, like that landscape is changing a lot. People really want new perspectives and yeah. um the product manager like that role particularly requires the ability to um interact with a lot of different perspectives. So um yeah, yeah I'm here That's now amazing. and I, I love it. It was the best career decision I've ever made um for that point in my journey. And um yeah, it is fun, it's challenging as hell. Um <laughs> and it, it it's kind of moving out of an IC role into a more strategic um you know form of of yeah. leadership without having 
a lot of the stress that comes with having like direct reports and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. So, first of all, that was an amazing story. And shout out to your mentors and shout out to the VP of product, right? When the signs hit you, you just have to listen, right? Yes. And the fact that you were like, yeah, hmm, let me take this more seriously. And then the opportunity just falls in your lap. It was meant to be. And I'm so happy that you're happy at your role. Thank you. <laughs> like for real, that was amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like I'm curious, like you said, one thing that amazed me about like product management, like you said, they come from all walks of life and all different, you know, um, parts of the business, whether it be SEO content, like I would love to be a product man. I would love to know what goes into that. So that, that would be my first question. Like what is the most challenging aspect of being a product manager? What really goes into developing like a product roadmap or strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the challenge, like there's a lot of challenges. Um, yeah. it, <laughs> It is not a role that like naturally exists in nature. Engineer <laughs> <Like, laughs> has very clear like roles and responsibilities. A designer mm -hmm. has very clear roles and responsibilities. But a product manager's role changes with the company, with the project, with the timeline, with the resources available. Yeah. And so adaptability is like so crucial um, that that mm -hmm. like the acceptance and um, love of impermanence like has to be like at the core of your being. Otherwise you'll get crushed. Yeah. Um, and I think going back to like um, talking about some of the qualities, right? Yeah. Because product management is a mindset and it's a practice. And so you have the ability to be the product manager of your own domain. And when I have mentees ask me like, you know, the, the most common question is how do I transition into product management? Yeah. My answer always starts with become the product manager of your current domain. That's what mm. I was doing. And I didn't realize I was doing when I was working as like an SEO lead for uh, a couple of my last projects yeah. when, um, you know, one of, for example, we know as SEOs or, or uh, you know, even working in any capacity of, of digital, one of the biggest challenges people face is, mm -hmm. um, well, no one takes my recommendation seriously. Nobody is listening to me. No one is, uh, nobody cares about what I have to say. And yeah. the thing that I've always, and, and that was one of the reasons um, that my current boss and the one who said, you're yeah. all doing product management, he saw that I was getting a seat at the table in the engineering conversations. I was getting a seat at the table in the stakeholder conversations. And that when I was making SEO recommendations, people were taking them and, and building them. And so communicate it all comes down to like communication for sure yeah. 100 percent. all of it comes down to communication um yeah. with yeah. that being said like when it comes to developing and embodying like some desirable and effective qualities yeah. that communication part is really what gets you a seat at the table of conversations that is when you know that you are like on the path to like potentially becoming a, in a role like product management. And the, the good thing is, is that this product mindset isn't reserved just for product managers. Yeah, You can do this now. Nobody's going to stop you. Right. Yeah. And, and really what it is, is that adopting that mindset allows you to bring um, even more value to your customers and your users. Plus you find opportunity for growth in your own career. along. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, like, so like you said, communication is key. And I can imagine that when there's a lot of different stakeholders in a room, has there been a scenario where you're like, all right, I know this product. I love this product. I know what the people want. This is how we should go about it. And have you gotten pushback? How have you, how have, how have you dealt with that? Oh my goodness. Like that is. I can imagine. <laughs> that, <laughs> I gotta... That's the crux of product management right there is you have to be able to seamlessly transition conversations from stakeholders to individual contributors and align everybody around the same mission and the same goal. So that those kind of roadblocks happen all the time. But the thing is, and the most important thing is, um, like an obsession with the problem I and a focus yes. on on not just the outputs, you think in outcomes and not outputs. So when you're communicating to stakeholders, yeah. um, you need, to, so usually stakeholder management and communication is a source of stress, right? Because yeah. of the lack of communication and that that is not often cons and, and, and consistent. Um, and early on in the project life cycle um, yeah. or the relationship development. And the thing is when you, Think about stakeholder communication. They don't want to see laundry lists of prescriptive tasks or data dumps. Um, and product managers really think deeply and clearly about communicating how you're providing value and what problem are you solving, right? Yeah. And also, why is the problem even a problem in the first place? Exactly. So, like, just delivering a checklist, um, and I and and we see this in SEO all the time. I used to do it, and in, in my yeah. early days too, is like here's a 75 page audit of shit to do to make your website better, with no insight and no context and no priority. Um, yeah. Also, you and and like you have to be like ruthless prioritization has to be part of your being. You have yes. to be able to say no, and you have to be able to objectively stack rank your yes. um, your items you can't assign seven things a p1 value because if everything is a priority then nothing is a priority and exactly. things don't get done um so to kind of summarize i, I yeah. would say like those are the challenges and like they, they're the most common challenges mm -hmm. and they're the most desirable skills are communication prioritization and being able to do that in a really empathetic way yeah, I, I'm pausing. It sounds like you've done sales before. And it sounds like I could be <laughs> like where, every, everything you said was spot on. I could never. If I was doing sales, I'd be like, you don't want this. All right, cool. You're lost. Bye. <laughs> but that, but that's essentially what it is. But, but it's like I feel like salespeople, and and if you guys are listening to what Pazna said, what she said was key, right? Understanding what value you can provide, right? As a salesperson, I feel like people can smell our commission breath from a mile away. It's like, oh, you know, hey, you don't care how I am and all that other stuff. But like you said, making sure that you understand what the value is. Why do they want this product? Why do they want this solution for me? What does it eventually solve at the end of the day, right? And what kind of stress will I relieve from that entire organization or that team, right? So you have to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. So I used to fall into that trap all the time where I'd use Zoom info and like say, if I'm looking at your content, it was like, well, you're just a means to get commission. Once I shifted that mindset and really just cared about it, what, what does a positive care about? You know what I mean? Like, how can I really make that connection? And then that's how, you know, been able to really sell. So I thought that was amazing. And you can sell too. So I, you sold me. <laughs> but um, also, I think, that, I think that comes from, you know, I, like I said, I think every single thing comes down to communication, but we yeah. 
we uh, as humans associate communication with speaking. And that is not the only part of communication. So to true. be a great communicator, you need to be able to listen, to listen and not to respond, which is yeah. huge for driving value and building a, a successful product. And also documentation and writing is so crucial. Being able to drive decision-making, especially in a, in a remote world, hybrid world that we're in, yeah. using documentation as a means to uh, drive decision-making, but also uh, document decision-making rationale. Why, like like the why behind everything and being able to concisely share that out. You don't need to be like an amazing storyteller to do this stuff. You just need to be really concise and, um, and really clear and, you know, speak in a language that is understood by everyone. Like it's just, I mean, I, I, talking to your stakeholders in technical terms is like, I, I, I can't believe that it, that we need to say, don't do that. But like, it happens all the time. They don't care. They want to know um, what value are you bringing to them? And also it depends on what, who the stakeholder is, right? Exactly. So when we're talking about value, are we talking about business value, usability value, mm -hmm. technical like um, viability? Like it, you have to know who you're talking to and speak about value in the terms of that person. Whether you're talking to your business lead, your engineering lead, or your design lead, those are very different conversations. But at the end of it, you should be able to um, distill it down to the exact same goal that yeah. is moving in the, like everyone's moving in the same direction. Yeah, that is so key. Like you said, I, I say this all the time too on LinkedIn, right? Like value is subjective. You have to know who you're speaking to, right? What's valuable to me may not be valuable to you. And that's why I feel like a lot of people don't post because they feel like, well, everybody knows this, right? And that's not true, right? And actually leads me to another great question because I saw this quote on LinkedIn, right? It says a great product manager can put themselves in the shoes of the end user to create products that meet their needs and desires. So I'm curious, what type of customer research like goes into the product roadmap and how do you conduct yours and how often? My, I love this topic. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite part of my job. Um, it's the most important responsibility of a product manager mm -hmm. is to understand their user, connect with their user, mm -hmm. and alleviate their pain points, and make them happy. That's your whole job. Like, is is that? So if you um, if you don't have an innate desire to like want to help other people, then you definitely should not consider product management. Yeah. But um, to go back to your question, uh, so I'm a platform product manager, which mm -hmm. means my users are internal. My users are our journalists at CNN. So yeah. I am building our internal um, platform for content management. And so that's what our journalists use to publish yeah. content um, when they deliver breaking news to the world. So yeah. that is um, the platform that I'm building out. And so I am testing and training with them in that platform, uh, doing user testing yeah. multiple times a week. Like that yeah. is that is my core responsibility is making sure that when so and especially at CNN, right, we have a yeah. lot of different teams. There's yeah. the health team, there's the breaking news team, there's the yes. politics team. Sports team and all of this. <laughs> Sports International, there's weather, um, yeah. there's everything. And so each of those users have very nuanced workflows and needs yeah. 
and goals, right? And so being able to understand each one of those at a granular level is super important because they're gonna have different issues. But overall, like what we call the editorial experience since I work on the content management side for these journalists is, you know, we wanna make sure it's seamless and that you can do everything in, in as swiftly as possible with little to no friction um, yes. in, in that workflow. And so, um, yeah, like that is the the probably the core part of my job. It's the thing I love the most. Um, I think it's because, and I I love I, the, I you know I, I came to CNN not just to be a product manager. I came to CNN because I am I I love journalists. I I think yeah. I it was way too late for me to become one. I I always loved writing and and I have so much admiration for journalists and yeah. and politics and culture and history. And so you know it was just a it was a good fit for all those things. But um. Yeah, like my users are my journalists. So my goal is to make sure that they're happy and that they can do their job even better than they could the day before. Yeah, I, I swear you sound like a salesperson. <laughs> I'm ready. So actually, that is a really good point because you know the other really important skill and trait of a product manager is you have to be able, you are the face of your product. Yes. And if you aren't passionate about it, no one else is going to get on board with it. That's exactly. for sure. I don't have to, look because I'm a platform product manager and, and my, my users are technically my like my colleagues, um, mm-hmm. journalists, I don't have to like sell it to them, but yes, I do. I actually do. I want them to love it. I want them to be happy with it. Um, and so like, that is a major goal is to evangelize the product. Um, that is the role of like that. That is a responsibility of a product manager. So, um, right. if you can't get people to listen to you, um, you're not going to be able to do your job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, so I'm curious. I know the editorial like, and being for a publisher is definitely a different set of challenges. Like, say, for instance, how would you approach it differently if you were at a small startup like a CPG brand, right? Like, a, let's say, a Seltzer Water, right? They're going to the market. How would you conduct research on a product that hasn't launched versus one that's already in the market? I'm one that hasn't launched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man. So uh, I, I, I love start, like, starting. So if you have the chance to start from scratch mm. on something like that, the world is your oyster. Yours, yes. Um, like there is so much like at your disposal, but the thing is you can't get uh, sucked into the analysis paralysis either because mm. that's a huge um, like roadblock to product management is not shipping like and, and getting mm. stuck in, in discovery and research for too long. And, and, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good. Right. So like, we don't want to like stay in that phase, but to go back to your question, if you're starting from scratch on a actual product and brand like that mm-hmm. product market fit and, and getting all of the assets and discovery you can at that point, um, product discovery is also and so I would say product discovery and user research, those are the two most important roles uh, and responsibilities of a product manager. And the discovery phase is often overlooked. That yes. is where you need to validate assumptions, make observations, mm-hmm. and define user problems. So if you're um, like the first thing I would ask, mm-hmm. if it was like a seltzer, I'd say, what problem are we solving? There's already a billion seltzers on the market. Exactly. What is this for? What problem are we solving? That it should always mm-hmm. go back to that. The thing, and the thing is, is that if it's really good, there should be several problems that it's potentially solving. 
Yes. You can't solve all of them at once, but then that's where you start to stack rank your problem step, your your problem set too, so you know how to you know later on build out a roadmap and requirements very specific to the problem you're solving. But that's where you start is why? Why are we even doing this? And you have to why the hell <laughs> out of everything and everyone in that phase and. I think that's where um, product managers really require a lot of grit um, because you yeah. get a lot of pushback. It's not, it, they're hard conversations mm -hmm. to have, um, especially if, if, if you're talking to someone who thinks that this is their, like, oh my God, I had this brilliant idea and you're telling yeah. me it's not a brilliant idea. And that is where communication comes into play once again is you are doing discovery and asking questions in an empathetic way about why is this a problem what problem are we solving and then from there you immediately should dive into user research once you start to validate or once you start to hypothesize and create those problem statements um trying to build out sets of user research questions user research needs to happen early often and consistently absolutely so like, like say for instance like let's say for instance you do a focus group right let's say a couple hundred people right do you think that's a, a big enough pool of people in order to make a sound decision moving forward like i, I would I'd analyze the heck out of that you know what i mean like 500 people there's millions of other people what if they don't like this like i would i would be in analysis paralysis like you said <laughs> yeah and I, that's i mean just uh thinking about what what is the research had on hand before that? Yes. I would ultimately say if that was it, no, that's not enough. But it's enough to move forward to make other decisions. Like usually, what happens in, okay. in from my experience is that you get back this research, and then you start to think of you start to see and think of the gaps of other information that you need that you're. First questions didn't didn't get you, and then you dive in and get more granular with your questions about the user's needs, and maybe you do. It's very common and um, encouraged to do multiple rounds of of user testing, uh, yeah. and user testing should be done also on a rolling, consistent basis, right? Absolutely. Not just when you need to launch something, you should always be user testing. Exactly. Um, and so I would say, you know, you could do one focus group, but you should always be doing focus groups, right? Exactly. Not because you're launching something. Yeah, that's a great point. And then lastly, I would love to know, you know, you've worked with some amazing brands in your career, right? Can you tell us about like the most exciting product launch your career, like how you were involved and like what was the go-to-market strategy, if you don't mind sharing? I will say... Um, you don't have to go too deep, but like what was like the most... <laughs> Um, the the most exciting one that I'm working on is the one I'm working on right now by far. Like it, okay. so I I recently um, was so I, I work on our core platform team uh, at yeah. CNN, and so that core platform team has now expanded into CNN's brand new offering, which is a streaming service, and that's Ooh. CNN Plus. And so because I've been working on the core platform for quite some time now, I was able to expand my um, knowledge to that team building that product yeah. and it's it's a pretty revolutionary product for for cnn as well so the, the exciting part is not the streaming service for me it is that i am able to work on a platform that is scalable mm -hmm. and that is going to um, make a lot of people's lives easier in such a insanely fast and it's breaking news right like it's yeah. happening every second every minute to like be able to um, help 
and make those workflows more efficient at um, such a large organization and also seeing the success in it. Um, there is like, it's magic to product managers ears when you get user research feedback on your own product. And I'll say nothing brings me more joy than sitting in a user testing session with my journalists and they say, this is life changing. When can we start using it? Or um, I, I can't like, I can't believe that um, we're gonna like be able to use this. This is this is uh, revolutionary, um, you know. And it's it's just it makes the work so much more meaningful to know that you know they already have such stressful jobs as well. And so like I'm tr like truly and very um, tangibly seeing the fruits of my labor, which is which is amazing. Um, that's, yeah, that's amazing. It, it, yeah, and so I would say it's it's the stuff I'm working on right now. Um, you know, I I did have a great time working on like in the weeds of SEO and analytics when I was working um, on all of the other brands. Um, but um, you know, I, I, there was a reason I didn't feel completely fulfilled there, and that was because um, you you I I am I am not a 100% in the weeds person, I really need the balance of both. Yes. And that's why I love product is you can work in the weeds of documentation and writing technical requirements, and you can pull yourself out yes. and connect with people and do user research and, um, you know, try to help make the world a better place, honestly. So, um, yeah. Oh, man. That sounds so fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there getting excited for you. I'm like, damn, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, there are days that go by that you're like, what the hell did I do today? <laughs> um, it just, and, and, you know, product managers, especially, like, you're notorious for just sitting in meetings all day. And, and I was like, I am not going to be that product manager. And so like just creating boundaries and being really protective of like, you know, your time and being able to say no is is like a gift in and of itself. So um, there are there are really challenging days, but the thing is, and I think we've all kind of heard this reference many times in different ways. It's like, you know, you it, they're like little tiny building blocks every day when you're working on a massive project that is affecting hundreds or thousands of people, you know, you don't see the fruits of your labor after a few days or a week or, or even like a month, right? You see them after months and then sometimes a year or two. Um, and so, you know, it does require some perseverance and, and grit too. <laughs> just, but just knowing the end goal is there and the seeing the, the, the fruits of your labor, once you've yes. hit that end mark, I could imagine how fulfilling that is. Yes. And since you mentioned end goal, I will kind of uh, leave uh, or I will kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of summarize with, with this is mm. you need to be able to stay flexible on your path and flexible on your journey with a solid, clear vision and goal um, mm -hmm. that's always there. Um, the like that is your like the goal is your North Star that doesn't change. You're so clear on it, but you have to be adaptable and flexible on how you get to it because you're always going to encounter roadblocks. And I, product management is like an analogy for life or like a I was just about to say that. It sounds like life, right? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> that's so cool. But uh, if you do you mind if I ask you one more question? No, go for it. Let's do All it. Because right. I would love to know, like, because you're you're out there, like I loved your content. Like what, what made you, you know, start putting your, your personal content out there on LinkedIn? And like what made you start your YouTube and things like that? And has that affected your your professional career at all? That's a great question. I've never actually been asked that before. Um, so I, I remember when I first started my, my first uh, 
bigger SEO gig. It was at an advertising agency when I started working on really large brands. Mm -hmm. um, my boss, my still friend and mentor um, told yeah. me at that time, like, don't be like everyone else. You have a different perspective, um, share it. And don't yes. be afraid to use your voice. I was hired as a, I was hired as an entry level SEO working with seniors in the industry. Like I am so grateful for that opportunity yeah. because they, they empowered me not only to be myself, but to be more of myself and to like use my voice and to share it and always say, don't be afraid to push back on us. If you think yeah. um, we're not, and, and not in a, in a, in a, in a very compassionate way. Yeah. And I think that's where it started. And then as I got into um, the other aspects of like tech, analytics, data science, and now product, you know, there are a lot of struggles that women of color face and just people of color face in the industry. Yeah. And my goal at this point, my only goal at this point in my life and my career is just to um, A, um, make resources more accessible for people, help yes. the people who um, want to help themselves and um, let, you know, and, and show and tell that, you know, it maybe it's not um, easy, but it really is simple to achieve career goals. Um, yeah. it, it really, it, it really is. And it, sometimes it's about people. Sometimes it's about your own dedication. Sometimes it's about timing and being yeah. patient. But, um, and I, I, now I, now my whole motive behind sharing is purely to teach. That's all. Yeah. I'm very fortunate and grateful that I had amazing mentors who um, supported me, encouraged me, uh, guided me for years and years. And I just want to pay it forward. Um, and that's, that's really, I, I don't have anything to sell yeah. or like do. Uh, I, I, I just, I truly just want to pay it forward. Um, you know, I think sometimes we think as people, like we have to struggle in order to mm -hmm. get something. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't think that's true. Like if you can help someone and ease their burden, you know, uh, and, and I, you know, if you're in a position of power or privilege and I definitely am in a position of privilege. I want to use it for, for some good as much as I can. So that's okay. why I'm here. No, that makes so much sense. And, and you, that's what makes you successful, right? Because you can't have that mindset of, of like, I have to, you have to want to help people if you want to succeed on LinkedIn specifically, because it is a community, right? You can't just be like, it's me, 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 me. And look yeah. at all the amazing things like that. Nobody cares about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And it's, you know, it's funny. Like I, I, I usually, I, I don't have a, it's not like I have a strategy or anything like that. If I get, it's everything I share is also a note to myself, right? It's yeah. like a reminder to you, Pasna, like yeah. you need to remember this. And then I'm like, okay, maybe it'll help someone else too. So I share it. Um, I definitely don't like, and I don't come from a place of, um, I am above or an expert or authority on everything. Yeah. I'm just, it's just sharing insights that have helped me. And sometimes they help other people too. So exactly. Same, same boat. Like when I first came in, I, I'm not going to lie. Like it was a mostly sales. I was like, all right, cool. How can I make my sales life easier without sending a thousand cold emails? And if you don't know me, if you don't know Mike, you don't know the organization, how the hell am I going to get a meeting with CNN? So, yeah. so, so I'm like, all right, I have to just put that down. And what I just started doing is being real. 
Yes, exactly. What's that? Like, what am I not being real for? Like, I was 20 years old. I had a kid. I was working at BBQ, smelling like ribs and and chicken. (laughs) And then then I had to put my big boy pants on. I found a a job in digital marketing, um, a digital sales job, display advertising. And I told the first day I went on the room, and it's a true story, first day in the office, they go around the room. They're like, hey, I'm from NYU, from Buffalo, I'm from Yale. I'm like, damn. I'm Jared Thomas from Evander Childs High School, and I'm going to be a top seller here. They laughed me out the room. I don't know why the hell I even said that. It was just just something told me to say. Yeah. Six months later, $250,000 a quarter, eight straight quarters, kick in there. So like, so how bad do you want it? That's what like in those stories, I feel like are more impactful than me just saying, hey, if you change a title tag here, you can expect this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Nobody cares. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nobody except you cares. So then it doesn't matter, right? Um, exactly. I will. I will say that that story reminds me of one more, and then we can. We I think we can. We can wrap with this. That that's yeah. amazing. It's like when you just let yourself be yourself is when amazing things start to happen. The yes. very first job I got as an as an SEO at a big advertising agency where I met all of my mentors and really kind of uh, kickstarted my my journey. Um, I had to take it at the, I had been going through three or four rounds of interviews. This was not, this is like 12, 10 or 12 years ago. And, um, the last part of the interview process was a three page technical exam of like, you know, how many characters, what's a title tag. And like, I didn't know anything. I didn't know shit about SEO at that time, <laughs> but because I, I was actually interviewing for a digital or a data analyst role in the company, but they thought um, and that that time, again, this was a boss and mentor and very good friend of mine who saw something in me that I didn't know I had and said, no, you would be an amazing SEO and like, just give it a try. We're going to hire you, but like, just give it a try. But he told me that later. So I took that exam. Yeah. I left more than half of it blank because I was like, I'm not going to bullshit about this. I can't like, I have no idea what this means. Um, so at the bottom of the last page of the exam, mm-hmm. I wrote, I don't know the answer. I, I know I left a lot of these answers blank because I don't know the answers to them right now, but I promise that I can figure them out faster than anybody else. And there they, you hired, go. they hired me the next day. Um, and I stayed I at that company for three years. And um, I, I know my, uh, my my mentor and my friend, Anthony Berry, and my boss at that time, like, um, yeah, he, he saw that and was like, yeah, you you were hungry and, and you were yourself. And um, you just wanted to be, you wanted to learn and you were hungry to learn. And um, yeah. I think that level of, of humility and just wanting to be a student of the world is always a really good place to come from. That that was such a courageous move. I, I love it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like freaking 23 years old. This is, this is a long wow. time. I, I, I still can't believe I did that. And also I walked out thinking like, oh yeah, like I'm totally not getting this job. So who cares? <laughs> Maybe they'll like laugh about it later and I'll be memorable or something like that. But I, t- I can't believe I did it either, but I'm, I'm so glad I did. And I exactly. think like in those moments where we let down our guard and and be ourselves is when great things happen. And so. Amazing things happen, right? You could easily BS your way to it and that's what they would have expected from you and they wanted you, right? So if anybody that's listening, right. just be yourself, it's okay. And if you don't get it, it's okay. But look at it now, we're how many years later and we're on a podcast laughing about it and toasting to your success. Like, ain't that some shit, right? 
<laughs> well, Pazma, thank you so much. Like I, I enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you for being a great person. Thank you for all the support and conversations we've had. Like, I'm glad you're here. This is the last two episodes of Rankable for me. So this is a special, special episode. For everyone watching, we got one more next week and then we'll still continue, but I will no longer be a part of it. But this is a part of me. You know, Rankable is me. I've put a lot of work into this. I can't wait to see where it goes. And, you know, I'm just happy for everything. So, Pazna, thank you so much, Queen. And, you know, lunch and beers on me when you're in New York City. I can't so, wait to get that. Yes, thank you so much. And amazing job on, on all of this. And can't wait to see what you do next. And, yes, thank you again for having me. It was an honor. Thanks so much, Queen. Talk to you soon. And thank you, guys. We'll see you next week, right? For next week, uh, next week episode, we got Mark Breeland, a co-founder co of uh, Search Labs, and he also does the Suds and Search. So we're going to have a beer. We're going to toast it up, take a shot to everything we've accomplished. And, you know, it's going to be a great time. So thank you again, guys, and see you, see you soon. Take care, Queen. Bye-bye.